prochain arrêt, Paris Nord. Bonjour mes petits chauffeurs, we have been on our travels. Interesting times there in the French capital. Cities preparing to host the Olympics in July. Things have changed within the Olympic movement. Previously, we had a situation where big cities were asked to show what kind of infrastructure they would build for the Games. Pretty much the situation in London 2012. Now, in a post-2008 scenario, London bid before 2008, 2005, cities building things anymore, or they are having to be very careful with what they do build. The Olympics in Paris are symptomatic of our times. There's only one new venue being built for the Games. That's the Centre Aquatique Olympique, the Cé-Apol, and it's designed by the French practice Atelier de trois Quatre and the Dutch practice Venhoven CS. For the Olympics, it's going to provide 5,000 seats, 50-meter pool for the artistic swimming and water polo events, and then there's the, the diving. After the Games, it will be converted into a learning pool, a fitness center, a climbing gym. It's doing literally what a lot of the London sites promise, being one thing in the Olympics and a different thing in the legacy phase, and it does it very well. It's also on a difficult site, it's linked by a bridge, which is part of the design to the Stade de France across the motorway, which is one of the main routes from the centre of Paris to the north. It's also in Saint-Denis, which tops all the indices for crime and poverty in, in France. It's an area which has been shortchanged, which is expected to absorb a large influx of immigration with limited facilities. All of the other buildings for the Paris 2024 are repurposed stadiums and exhibition halls. The CRO is the only one, therefore, to be able to address a current social need, and it's done so very well. I was incredibly lucky to be shown around by the project architects Laure Nariel of Atelier de Trois-Quatre and Cecilia Gross of Venhoven Seas, the Dutch practice. But yeah, this is a lot about complexity, so pay attention. My name is Laure Merio. Mon nom est Laure Merriot. My office is Atelier 234. Mon nom est Cecilia Gross et je suis architecte associée de l'agence Venuven CS, Architecture plus Urbanism. My name is Cecilia Gross and I'm architect partner by Venuven CS, Architecture plus Urbanism. And it's, it's very important that after the games you want to bring life as quick as possible. Of course, it can be in two days, but. In London, it's taken 10 years. Yay! Hey, hey. The big kahuna. <laughs> wow, it's a big pool. Compact version. Is it? Yeah. Wow. It's way smaller than London. Not in the width, but in the length. You see here, you have the seat which will stay, like all the, the white. And on this part, all the steel structure is temporary and we'll have a temporary tribune. Yeah. And then when the Olympics are finished, everything go out and it's a sport field. Paddle. Paddle tennis for well, now. It's paddle, but it could, but be, it could be everything anything you want. But if we see now we are in the space, there's no lights on and it's not really a shiny weather, yeah. I would say. But you really see, and when the sun is shining, it's just beautiful. Uh, how much light you have from the east side, the soft uh, light from uh, upstairs, and also the view, because here we will oversee the park. So it would be just so the green. So you almost forgot that you have all this noise of the highways. You're just hmm. in a different bubble where it's about sports, meet together, and be healthy. Tell me about the roof. Oh, 
aim was to have less volume. So we thought about this hanging roof in wood and what you can see is you have this shape like a smile, north to south, and then you have another shape west to east, which is to be up and high on the diving and the motorway and you know in front of the Stade de France so you have a good volume and then uh, the, the roof is going down to the park and the neighborhood and over the normal swimming pool. Um, it, it's made of beams every meter and what it's fantastic is you have 90 meters okay and the height of everything is 90 centimeters it is everything everything so 50 centimeter wooden beam then you have this wooden acoustic platform which is that you also need for the structure by the way then you have the isolation you have the waterproof system and it does include the solar panel too yeah no everything and the solar panel Wow, what kind of wood is it? Is it glue lamb steamed? Yeah. yeah. Wow, steam formed. Yeah. <gasps> Where did they do that? <laughs> In the east of France. The Great French company, yeah. Matisse, the Matisse. best. They also made, as a reference, the court of Renzo Piano in New Zealand. You see this oh, kind of yeah, eggs, it was a long yeah, time ago, yeah, but yeah, it was so really, long. at that time, was really like crazy. Yeah. Okay, not very sustainable, France, New Zealand, but New Caledonia or New Zealand? New Caledonia. New Caledonia, that's why it's French. So it's uh, more efficient. <laughs> <laughs> the same country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but they really know what they're doing. Impressive work what they yeah. did. Because this is not done in the whole world. So in Canada, you have hanging roof in wood, but it's the construction is in concrete and you just have the roof and it's less span. And here to say we do everything in wood, not done before. Hmm. And then it's important to have the right team because when we came up with this crazy idea, oh, we want to hang a roof and let's do it in wood then you really need the ingenious who just say, let's try it. And then you need the builders who say, okay, I believe you guys, <laughs> can we make it. So what wood is it? Is it pine? It's epicere. Epicere is pine. Mm. Yeah. Uh. It's pine on, on the inside and for structure, and on the outside it's... Douglas. Good Douglas. And Law was explaining we have curves in two directions. What's great is that we use a nice tool, a parametric design, and that really allows to have such smooth shape. It feels very soft, it feels very natural mm. or alive, and this is really because we could have the perfect balance, let's say, in, in the shape. Hey. Can go through if you dare. I'll go to the top. Uh, it's nice to see the different heights. Yeah, this height. I love this one. The five meters. You're, you're, I like the three you meters. You are the eye of, of the public. Is this five meters? It's five. five. Yeah. Right. Nice things to design. Yeah. Yeah, it's unbelievable. You see how. You're not going to make Fun these out of wood, are you? Yeah. <laughs> They're absolutely, just must be concrete. <laughs> they are, because That's they it. show what concrete does so well. You yeah. know. It feels Olympic. 
Thank you. <laughs> it does. But cozy, no? It's a truly impressive space, grand but strangely intimate. It has something of Zaha Hadid's aquatic centre to it, the one that was built for the London 2012 Games, particularly the generous, smooth belly of the roof. But unlike Hadid's building, it has a single scale that is large without being intimidating, for the CAO. But the space itself is legible and simple. Here's the pool. Compared to the dark, hulking Stade de France opposite, it is warm, modest, light. I'm a bit of an Olympics geek, and this is a lovely addition to the special canon of buildings that can be called Olympic. If we look back on the founding of the Olympics, which was by a Frenchman, Baron de Coubertin, we can see that they have been a success in one way, and that they became popular, but a failure in another, in that the events that they contain become only fleetingly so, only under the rubric of the Olympics. So making Olympic buildings comes at a cost. In this day and age, we are duty-bound to match the scale of the event to their relatively limited uses after it. But this is perfect for Paris. This is exactly what this area needs. This is not a grand projet. Things get tricky, though, particularly if you take in how many other things that architects have to do, matching all the needs of multiple client bodies, conserving energy, paying close attention to the local planning culture, but also making dramatic architecture something that moves us. I wanted to ask Laure and Cecilia how they came together how they brought together a team that could deal with these strange conditions and produce something that will be remembered long after the Olympics is left. That's the best to start from the start, actually, because the design is not born with just one idea, but it's a combination of thousand ideas and people we meet and people where we were working with. But the competition starts actually for us when we met each other. We were looking at the project and we were looking for a good partner to present an architect team to other teams. And that's how it started and was spring 2018 or something like that. Mm. Lord was combination. Of course, it's happening in Paris. We are based in Amsterdam. We have a lot of experience in sport and especially swimming pool. And Law will describe it, but there are very big offices set in Paris with very wide also approach, and they know very good the context. And we can't build in Paris without having a Paris partner, let's say. That was a match, but also based in a way of working, of course, um, ideal, because we have to, if you design a building together, you have to talk the same language, to believe the same ideas, and to work the same way. So that was the first condition to start yeah. together. So how did you find each other? There seems a great deal of fate and destiny towards you finding <laughs> each other, of course. No, but as Cecilia said, we were looking each other for another architecture company to have a very good team to win this project, which is a big project, but also complicated. And it's, it will be the symbol of the Olympic Games in Paris. We needed to have a complete team with ambitions and we needed to have an international team. My company, we were looking for some abroad company. We met people who said, okay, I know who you have to meet. You have to meet Cecilia and Vendoven CS because it will be a match. And so we called each other. So someone acted as matchmaker. Who is that person? We should perhaps give it's them... It's a person. That's it's a, a lot of person. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you're talking about destiny. But look, the world is very small of architecture. And 
we know people together. So it's just that sometimes you hear the noise, oh yeah, there's this and that, and then at a certain point, uh, if you hear three times, it has to be at the trois quatre, they say, okay, let's meet together. And then it's just start with meeting each other. And like I say all the time, it's love at the first sight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, of course, there's a big team that you've got to build the building you and you had to get that big team together before you submitted your proposal actually it's the other way around we had our team of architects but we had to find a big team who will believe in our talents as architects so it was we had to pitch to be part of one of the teams so we knew there was only three teams we were able to do the competition so there was only three construction companies. So they're then choosing who they want as architects to go with them. To continue the metaphor of wooing, you then have to seduce the construction company to offer them the idea that you are the yeah. best group. How did you do that? We spoke to them. <laughs> we Not showed them our project and we spoke about our ambitions and how we work and how we wanted to work together. We just had a nice PowerPoint to explain how we are already working and what we want to do more. Just be so, yourself. If you believe in what you're doing, most of the time that's the best way to sell yourself. Mm. And that's it. So, so what kind of level had you evolved the design to at that point when you were approaching construction companies? No design. No de it was just about what you can do, what you could do but more as a method of work. And of course, we have very good reference, both of us. And afterwards, I think the synergy was very important. We knew in very short time, you need to have people who are able to listen to each other, to be quick in reaction, and to be team player. We had few meetings with Bouygues, which just start to become a project session, and then you have the feeling that's exactly the energy you want to have for the competition. So that's really convinced them, I think, that we will be a good match. So tell me about, and help me pronounce it, Bouygues? Bouygues, yeah. Bouygues, yeah. Bouygues. Bouygues. Now, I've heard of them. They're, are they the largest construction company in France, or one of them? Or Tell me a little bit what you know, what you knew of their history when you approached them. There is two big companies in France, C and WIG. Um, and we did a big project with them for the Defense Ministry. And we worked very well with, even if it's not exactly the same, they're a big company, but they also have ambition and they wanted to do things uh, differently, like not as usual. So it was very nice for us. So, did you have to get everyone ready together before you started designing? We, ha we had to apply to, to be chosen. So, we made the team and then we applied with WIG and then the, the Metropole said, okay, I will send you the files to work. <laughs> and then we began to work. When was that? When I think it get... was November 18. But still, before we get all these papers, which deliver all the details of the program. We had a workshop, I remember, mm. with a whole team brainstorming on what does it mean to make sport in this area. And next to that, Bouig initiates a very interesting interviews of people living in the area, very diverse, kids, uh, retires, people was working, people was living. It was three hours talking. And that was for us 
the way we enter in a project. So we have all these voices of the people, what they expect about the games, what they expect about swimming pool, and also frustration. It was not only positive, it was also all these voices. And on the other side, a kind of dream session for us, like what it could be. And after that, we got all the papers with all the requirements and sometimes uninspiring rules you have to follow. But that was a good mix to start the project. Yeah. So it was very interesting to enter the project by this way. We don't do it very often, but uh, no, because we, normally we don't have so many time actually when we are in competition. But but even if like I was. I'm Parisian, I know the area, I went there very often. To have the voice of the people that we don't know and that uh, live there every day, it was unexpected sometimes. I think for me, I understood very well how, why the swimming pool is so important for the people in Saint-Denis, because no, they don't have swimming pool, they have just one for 400,000 people and children don't know how to swim. And it's not just for playing or for security, but it's also a social way to upgrade yourself as I know how to swim so I can go in vacation, I can uh, go by friends that have swimming pool in the house. And I first when I thought about it, about the project, I didn't think at all about that. And then we saw the people talking and I said, okay, it's a very important point. I think the main priorities was really about biodiversity and universal accessibility. So how the building is for everybody, everybody can go there. This I was not really expecting at the beginning. There was some intention about biosource materials. So it was already very high which was very interesting for her to say, oh, how, how we can go even higher. And mm. so that's the whole part of the project. We really motivates us to, to go forward. And the other part is just very complex. It's almost two buildings in one building. So it took a little while to get all these programs on your head to be able to switch all the time in between the two programs. But we, we're good at complex buildings. So everybody has this kind of second brain who's just switching all the time. <laughs> what were the big early design decisions that you made? We decided to have not just a building, but to be part of urban regeneration. So we wanted the bridge, the park, and the swimming pool and the building to be like one big ecosystem that works together. And we wanted to, to have trees, grass, and so to have a very compact building let the ground free. That's one of the beginning. And I think the other one was in the same way is to separate the two level of entries. Like you have the spectator with seven meters up from the ground, just in front of the Stade de France and linked by the bridge. And then after you have another entry, which is for the everyday entrance. It's a big hall. You saw it. I think it made sense because we decided to, to put the swimming pool on the ground, then we don't take us out of the construction sites. And the other one, perhaps Cecilia, you can speak of it, the, the roof. We choose the right materials for the right job, let's say. And one of the, the main 
character of the building for the aquatic uh, center is that this, this special roof, let's say. So because of the shape of the roof, to have a tense roof, and we really succeed to have half smaller space to warm up inside, which is still a huge space, but and the space you're not making is a space you don't have to warm it up. So all this kind of way of thinking, and of course it's not just only about energy, because then it starts to create the shape of the building, and we did it in wood, and look, we are architects, huh? so our goal is to find harmony in all that systems and techniques to create space where we are very happy to live in. So it sounds very simple, but that's our goal. As, and that's, I think, the, the very special element to, with the project. Just to pursue the idea of the roof again and, and the complexity of the building, the fact that you're saying that because you bring in the, the roof lower, there's less internal space to have to heat. What are the other things that roof is doing? Well, it's very smart, let's say, in the volume of materials using. So we did everything in timber construction. So the span is 80 meter, which is a lot. And the total roof with beam structure, isolation, whatever, it's less than one meter high, which is unbelievable. Even if you still see the section, we don't believe how it's possible it stands, but it really stands. So. This and combining materials. So for example, we need some wood for the structure, but because we uh, shape it on a special ways, also doing the acoustic. So you get one layer less, let's say. And the whole roof is also uh, fully filled with solar panel that we will use 100% on site, which is very useful because swimming pool needs energy, doesn't matter which day of the year. So all this, the right shape, the right material, how you make it less material possible and how you make it smart. And yeah. it's magic, let's be honest. <laughs> it's just also very beautiful and magic. <laughs> yes, this is the way we do uh, architecture is to find how to use less material as possible. We decide the structure will be the architecture. Even in the bridge, you just have structure but it's well designed, so it's making space, and it's the same in the swimming pool. You understand the space you're in it, it's not just something abstract. You understand you have columns, you understand you have beams, you understand the light and everything. The other thing is the natural light and transparencies. We wanted the building very open on the outside, that people can see inside what's going on and make them want it to go inside and make sports. And in the other way, when you're in the building, even in the center of the building, which is like 100 meters by 100 meters, you see outside in two ways. You have natural light. It's almost like you're outside, but you're inside of the building. That's a big point for us and for our architecture to be open and light and that's it. Yeah. Can you tell me a little bit about the two lives of the building? We've got the building for the Olympic Games and the building for the, for the legacy phase afterwards. How would you describe or characterize the difference between the two stages? Will it be any different or is it just the same building? Um. It's the same building. <laughs> We're not going to build another one. No, it's a same building. Like we said, for us, it was very important to design for long term. So actually, every decision we made, almost all of them are driven to make a very attractive complex center for the Metropole du Grand Paris. 
But of course, we knew exactly how the program and the desire for the Olympic Games were. So they were in the second part of our heads that we really have to be careful to be able to facilitate the, all the competition requirements very good for these two weeks. If I take an example, we will have a fitness room where you practice sports. We would be the, the space where media and sporters will meet, so the mix zone where they go after their competition. What was very important and it's to create the different possible way of going into the building and deserving some part of the building. Like Lo was saying, we have these public floors, which is at the same height of the Paris de Stade de France. And this is public, so it's actually the front of house, if you talk in Olympic terms, let's say. It was separate from the level. And all the back of house, which are the, the officials, the media, the athletes, they would be from the ground floor. So even in our design, we separate these two parts. So that was one easy part. The second part, we had to have different vertical circulation to be able that the back of house so the officials should never meet the media, the media should never meet the athletes, the athletes should never meet the officials, making the simple, and the Olympic family. So it was just, again, playing with a third dimension. We have these horizontal levels, we have this vertical circulation, and we have the orientation south and north, which are very different in the organization. That's a bit the Ruby Cube that we had in our heads, let's say. <laughs> And you play with that, and it makes sense to a certain point which kind of programs are the best to move into another program. And of course, you have some parts who are just not really working, but that you say it's just for two weeks, because otherwise you make it too specific. I'm not afraid about that. Perhaps I could just ask you what this has meant for your individual practices. What does this doing this project mean for under two, quatre? No, it's deux, trois, <laughs> Yeah, two, three, pas four. Un. No pas one. Un. Pas de un. Pas de un. Pas de un. <laughs> well, we are a collective. No, it's okay. Uh, for us, it was like a big experience. We did huge projects in France or abroad, but this one was symbolically very important because you will never do again something for the Olympic Games in your hometown. It's very important, very emotional. It was very good to work with Venoven CS together and to learn from abroad some new way of thinking and new methods of doing architecture, even if we agree about the basics. So it was very important for us and very, I don't know if you say that, learnful or, I don't know, anyway, rich. And in the other end, the, it was the opportunity to put inside a project, a lot of research. It's very powerful for our office to run this project and to build it. And that it looks amazing because of course we draw a project and you work crazy to build it, but at the end you want to see the life. So now we can't wait to see mm. alive with people. I have to say, even if we're a little bit sad is finishing the building, it's not our baby anymore. Yeah, for the office, amazing story. We always challenge each other, and that's the specific of it. It's because of the word Olympic. The word Olympic has really an extra dimension, and it was not to blow it away. It was this kind of, say, okay, we have to be smart. We have to find something which is very smart, and we can represent the value of the Olympic Games. And 
I'm very proud of the results. I'm very proud of the teamwork. I'm very proud of also what we did as offices, what we demonstrate, how architecture is integral. It's a lot of layers bringing together in one space. At the end, you can do all the complexity that uh, a building is doing, but it's just one space you're living in. And uh, I think we did an amazing job with Loch, with all the team, uh, because we work with 20 architects. Mm. We are just some Muppets. <laughs> of course, we will never do yeah. it again, but I think to demonstrate a way of thinking and a way that uh, I think architect has to be now, or the posture of architects, it's a turning point. So you talked about the, this, your baby leaving you. When are the key moments in this departure? We give the key uh, to Paris 2024 on the 30th of March. 1st of April, we are alone. <laughs> but then we come back. <laughs> That's the good part. We give the keys for the Olympic Games, but after eight months, like in October, we come back and finish the work. A lot of landscape work and inside finishing some pools and moving some little walls to finish it in June 2025. And then we can swim in it and see people. I'm really looking forward the the big opening where all the citizens of Saint-Denis. That's uh, the big opening for yeah. you, the Yeah, for sure. That's, uh, you know, that's again uh, the voices we had at the start. I want to see them in. I really want, but it's something mm -hmm. maybe we should do, Laure, because yes. I have all these faces, all these voices, and I really want to see what they think about it and how it's we don't do it just to have mm. two pictures that's not the job it's just to mm. see yeah. the life i think it's a big opening in at the end but i think we will sleep better after the games and to be sure it's it's a very well competition center and everybody is happy and everything i'm gets sure fine. they will be I'm sure they will yeah. be. I didn't expect it, but when you go by night and there is light inside, all the building is like blue, like it's a blue light. It's very nice. Oh, the romance of the Olympics. I'm such a sucker for it. I have a feeling, having been, that Paris is going to put on a really special event. Yes, it's a post-2008 event. Very careful to reuse what we have. But actually where they're citing most of it are in fascinating parts of wider Paris, places which have been overlooked and ill-considered. So much of what Paris built in the 20th century is fascinating, and these sites have all been picked up and will be repurposed. Looking forward to really seeing what they do with the overlay, as they call it, that dressing, which is something that the Olympics really has a skill in a history. Los Angeles in 1984 was the last Olympics where they didn't really build much, but they also had this beautiful, postmodern, colorful dressing and posters, which really brought the city to life. And I think the French are really gonna to go to town with that. But yeah, there's, there is skepticism, but then if you remember, we spent seven years complaining about the London Olympics after we were granted in 2005. What a drain it was and how we could spend the money better and how it was the privatization of public space. And then the Queen does a Bond sketch, Kenneth Branagh puts on a ridiculous hat and David Bowie got going and we win a bunch of medals. And then suddenly 2012 is remembered as this halcyon day when Britain was a united place. Fashions come and go. We will look back on this period of architecture, particularly with regard to the Olympics, and we will have a better idea of why we are building less. The CAO, though, will stand out even more.
This building is carrying the flame for a great deal of Olympic history. Next week, we are speaking to someone in London town. We are closer to home. But for now, au revoir, mes amis.